Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 124 of Let's Go Racing with David Snart. Tyler Johnson with you. So glad to have you with us. Coming up on today's show, going to be joined by Austin Terrio, uh, former Arkham Menards Series champion. He's raced in all the top levels of NASCAR. We'll get his perspective and what he's been up to, including serving time in politics as well uh, in the state of Maine. We'll get that whole perspective and more when uh, Austin joins us coming up in just a little while. We'll have our news and notes. We'll look at the top headlines of the sport, our Ask David segment, uh, with some questions you guys have submitted. But first, we begin with a look back at the weekend that was with Michael McDowell getting the win at the Indianapolis Road Course. David Starr joins us right now. David, uh, first off, good to always see you, my friend. Uh, but secondly, Michael McDowell. He might have won at the best two places in the world in his first two wins <laughs> between Daytona and Indianapolis. And there was nothing lucky about this win. They dominated that 34 team as good as Michael McDowell ran. Credit to Front Row Motorsports. They had the best car in the field on Sunday. Man, you know, just, man, unbelievable. So I'm just happy for Michael. He, uh, you know, he uh, – Nothing was ever given to him, uh, you know, for most people that know his story. He's been in cup for a long time, but he's uh, fought, clawed, worked, you know, just he's worked his tail off to stay in the sport and glad to see him, him and his organization, you know, it's with the funding they have and the backing by Ford. Uh, it's amazing to see him win the Daytona 500 like he did and to see him back, you know, come back to Indianapolis and win the road race there. And like you said, Tyler, to, you know, if you, if you, if you were going to pick two races to win, <laughs> those are definitely the two ones you want to win. You know, there's a very special, the Daytona 500. And I don't know if they call it the Brickyard 400, but winning at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway is just, you know, those are wins. I think any driver would tell you if there were two, they'd want to win. And they, those would be the two. Uh, but man, like you said, uh, Michael Medell has always been a great race car driver. Unfortunately, over the years, uh, the teams he's driven for, he was just blessed to be there and blessed to have the opportunity, but didn't have the resources, engineering, technology, the funding behind him, but he was there competing. And uh, uh, to see what Front Row Motorsports has done over the last two, three years is amazing. And Michael's finally... You know, we've always known he was a great race car driver, but finally starting to see how how good of a race car driver he is behind a great organization. I mean, Tyler, like you said, the uh, I mean, he all the great road racers that he beat, Denny Hamlin, Chase Elliott. I mean, just on and on and on, and, and dominated the race. You know, it was just uh, it's really uh, one of the Cinderella stories of the season. And NASCAR, I just, it's so awesome for him and his family and his kids. It's just, it's wonderful to have a spot in the playoff, I think, uh, for Michael McDowell's first time ever. And maybe even Front Row's, Front Row Motorsports' first time ever is, is just, it's awesome. But man, you know, you've seen Michael since the season started. Their cars have a lot of speed. Michael, he's always been, he's been running great all year long. It's finally see. Uh, the fruits of their labor pay off, you know what I mean? It was just, it was just, it was awesome. Great, great race and great to see him win. 
Yeah, Front Row Motorsports has been running well all season long. No fluke at all by uh, this performance. They've been a playoff contender with Michael McDowell there. Now their second playoff appearance in three years uh, after making it a couple of years ago at that Daytona 500 win. Dominic Alagón joins us right now as well. Uh, Dominic, I got to say, with him getting into the playoff here, now this is certainly shaking up the playoff picture. He proved Denny Hamlin wrong, that he belongs there. Um, and we saw him go on Denny's podcast this week, and they had a friendly banter back and forth. This shakes up the playoff picture for the driver's points, but also the owner's playoff points are shaking up a little bit, too, with that 23 car, too. Absolutely. There's so many moving parts and pieces with two races left. We have three drivers that have yet to win a race that are still in the playoffs. And of course, they get preempted over somebody that's going to win a race that's below that cut line. And, and Tyler, I think the bigger picture on it, too, kind of like a similar battle to what we had last year. We had so many winners and we saw the guy who was fifth in points. Fifth most points, not even qualify for the NASCAR postseason. You have Kevin Harvick and Brad Keselowski, who are sixth and eighth in points with those most points. And there's only two points that separate them. Bubba Wallace holds that final spot in 16th. And if Bubba wins this weekend at the Glen or anybody below that cut line, you've bumped the 23 car. And now you have this potential battle between the four and the six. And if there's another new winner in Daytona, we could be looking at somebody again like last year who has top 10 most points, not even qualify for the postseason. Yeah, and all eyes are on Chase Elliott, who had one of his best chances to make it in the postseason this last week. He ends up finishing third. Uh, still a couple more shots, though, for him, Alex Bowman, uh, and others to try to make it in the postseason. Before we get too far along in today's show, Dominic, uh, our guest this week, uh, has got a great track record in the sport. He's a champion and he's got a pretty interesting path and journey, and especially what he's been doing as of late as well. Tell us about uh, this week's guest. Well, they always say everybody has a unique story on where they're going or how they've gotten to where they where they are at. But when you look at our next guest story, Austin Terrio has a really, really cool story on being a race car driver, winning races, winning an ARCA championship, running at all three levels of NASCAR's top touring series. Moving back to his home state of Maine, serving the public and serving his constituents. And, oh, by the way, he's making a racing comeback here in the coming weeks, which we're going to talk about this week on the show. But when we reached out to Austin's team about having him come on as a guest, the team said absolutely. And so here we are. And, Austin, you know, we really appreciate you taking the time here to join us this week on Let's Go Racing. It's good to be with you all. Man, we, yeah, again, we appreciate the time. And one of our, our go-tos, we love – diving in deep and, and having our guests take it back to the beginning from their perspective. So for you, tell us where it all began, the the love of motorsport, the love of auto racing, where, where that origin story begins for you. Uh, it began attending races with my grandfather. Um, and in back in the day, I think Loudon up in New Hampshire had two, ra two cup races, one once in the, uh, I want to say once in the summer and once in the fall. And so, you know, a little youngster uh, would attend those races. We'd go camp out for the week and stuff. So that was my first sort of introduction to racing, to NASCAR racing and, you know, watching uh, Gordon and Martin and, you know, Sterling Marlin and uh, Tony Stewart and all those guys. Um, that's when I became a fan, just a casual, well, actually more than a casual fan. I remember, you know, we, we used to watch every, every race in the house uh, every week. 
So from there, uh, we had a local short track uh, that opened up. It had been closed for a while because, you know, short tracks even back then are struggling. This was 2007. And um, it opened up, like, new ownership. And we we had heard some some friends of ours were, were, were racing there. And I'm like, well, geez, what, what is this all about? What, what is short track racing? I, I didn't really know that there was that uh, uh, level of, of racing going on. And it, it's funny to hear it now because, you know, we're, we're all amongst racers and especially like amongst the, uh, uh, the NASCAR families. When you, when you talk about these first generation stories of racing for, to them, it can be like, it can sound really weird. Um, my first race car was a was an '86 Pontiac Grand Am that we think we found uh, we we found not in the junkyard, but it was like a, a bomber car that had been uh, torn apart and a roll cage put in it stuff and and uh, from there you know moved into mini stocks and Mustang uh, Mustang four cylinder cars and then into late models and uh, uh, pro late models super late models did did a bunch of racing uh, um, uh throughout maine and then actually throughout the northeast and then from there i i did the thing that a lot of other drivers do and that's uh make the jump you know take take the uh take the the van full full of your luggage and your uh you know your race suit and helmet and all that and uh head down to carolina uh that was I think 20, 2012 or 2013, I just graduated high school and, uh, you know, had a couple college, uh, uh, applications that had been, you know, approved and stuff. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm not going to, I'm surprised. I surprised everybody said, I'm not going to go to college. I'm going to, I'm going to go down and, and chase this racing. Uh, didn't know a lot of people, but, but certainly knew a few people. And, uh, now I guess the rest is history. Uh, my first summer in Charlotte, well, it was yeah. My, my first summer in Charlotte, I lived in uh, in Cornelius, which was not you know about twenty five minutes to Mooresville and a bunch of the shops. But I think my first summer was uh, was I was racing a late model for for uh, Gary Crooks, who was working with Keslowski at the time, um, and Brad had a you know a super late model that he was running. But I would work in the shop during the week on the cars, you know, clean them. Basically I was like the, I was doing the stuff that nobody else wanted to do on the cars. So, so when they were clean, you know, everybody else wanted to work on them and set them up. But yeah, I, I actually enjoyed that. You, you, you get to learn a lot about the cars when you're, you know, when you're working on them like that. Uh, but that kind of brings us closer to, 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 to what you talked about, you know, some of the truck opportunities and ARCA, um, KNN even I think uh, have some starts there in, in KNN uh, trucks, Arca, Xfinity, eventually Cup, but certainly, uh, certainly wasn't without challenges. I, I know you know David. A lot of us understand um, it, it. It wasn't a straight path. It wasn't a straight, you know, easy path. And uh, through those obstacles, I think you learn a lot about the the sport and learn a lot about yourself probably more importantly you learn a lot about you know what you're made of during those challenges uh but i'm fortunate for the for the challenges looking back at it now well man you you uh man i just it's great to hear you know it's great to hear you taking us back to where it started at because 
it, it was impressive. You know, it's impressive uh, to start with the 86 grand down in the street stock bomber class, you know, and, 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 and to, you know, race all the different divisions uh, and work your way up to NASCAR. I mean, you know, there's so many great race car drivers up in that part of Maine and New Hampshire and, and just all in the Northeast, you know, and, and man, your, your talent as a race car driver, I remember when I first saw you, I mean, it was just like, man, who is this guy who's winning races and kicking some tail? I mean, next thing you know, you're driving for Brad Keselowski. It was a big deal, you know, and, uh, and man, you, uh, I mean, you just, you, you had a lot of speed. Uh, you just race good, you know what I mean? It was fun to watch this new guy come into the sport and just dominate like you did. It was amazing, you know, and uh, to hear to hear your story, you know, and, and how you got there. Uh, and, again, you know, it's it's great to hear from, from you, Austin, because it just it, it lets people know, you know, with, with a lot of desire, a lot of passion, a lot of want to, and, and, the, and the talent you have, uh, it's not an easy, it's not an easy path, but man, you lived it, you did it. And, uh, it's great to hear those stories and to make it to NASCAR, running some cup races, Xfinity, and to win races in the truck series, driving for one of the superstars of our, of our sport, of our industry is amazing. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, uh, I think then, uh, your teammate, obviously a superstar today, uh, that you outran a lot, um, you know, uh, uh, Todd, Todd was it Roddick, Roddick, Roddick? Was, was it as uh, the guy? Yeah. Was, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's just it's just amazing on to hear your story, how it started, going to the races with your grandfather, going to the Loudoun Cup races, and then and then sitting there watching, and then I don't know how many years later, and then you're you're actually competing at that level at a professional level. It's just a, it's a great story, dude, and. Um, and uh, it was amazing, you know, and it's kind of cool to, I always wonder how, uh, you know, how you and Brad hooked up, you know, what was the connection there? And and obviously Brad seen the talent you had because y'all were racing super late models together. And uh, and then that I, I think that's how you ended up getting a ride in his truck. I mean, Brad's a racer. He, he, he you know, he's a racer, a full-blown racer. He wants to win. Uh, he can He can spot talent. It's not always about who's got money, you know what I mean? And uh, it's cool that that he the opportunity he gave you and, and what you did with that opportunity is it's just it's really a great story in our sport, really. I remember the first time uh, we I don't remember the name of the restaurant, but it was a restaurant up in Statesville on Main Street. Uh, I think it's probably close now, but <laughs> it was I think it was Italian an Italian restaurant. And I remember yeah. having dinner with him. Uh, the introduction came through uh, uh, another friend of mine who who's uh, a longtime competitor. He's no he's retired from driving up here, uh, late model driver. Um, but he introduced me to to Wayne Setterington. Uh, I don't know if you if that name sounds familiar, but he he was he was running Brad's operations at the time, kind of like a GM, right? Uh, and so that's that's how it all began. And and Wayne uh, was paying attention to what was going on up, you know, late model racing across the country. And um, 
I think we had, you know, we had ran good at the Oxford 250 or something. And so, so this other gentleman, Scott had, had introduced me to Wayne and then, you know, that's her, that's how the introduction to Brad happened. You know, you can have all those introductions. I mean, you know, be friend and have all those introductions, but you know, you know, when it comes down to it, it's, it's driving those race cars and driving it with the passion and desire and winning races and running good. That's, you know, and, and having those introductions, it's it's everything. But you know, you it's uh, you know, it's just cool to see how it all worked out. But you got to have the ability, the talent, and they saw what you had and how special that was. And it was cool to see somebody like yourself that nobody gave you anything. Kind of like the Michael McDowell story. You fought for everything you got, worked your way up through the system. You know, uh, started at Bombers. Uh, you know, and, and a lot of our stars today in our sport. Uh, and good for them, and there's nothing wrong with them. A lot of them, uh, and I'm not mentioning any names, you know, they didn't have, uh, they don't have those stories. I started in the bomber class, got an opportunity here, went up to the street stock, one there, you know, you know, the, the process, you know, the progression of getting to be a great race car driver, building your race cars and understanding the physics of a car and how, how they handle, how they work. You know, a lot of them, a lot of drivers today, even some of our superstars, you know, if you want to talk race cars with them and, and chassis and bump stare and just, you know, they can't talk that talk with you because, you know, and in, in not any fault of theirs, they was able to maybe buy their way into some good race cars and they're great drivers and win and perform and it gave them other opportunities, you know, but it's cool to hear somebody like yourself is a true hardcore racer, man, that did it how most of us did it then, you know what I mean? And uh, yeah. it's pretty cool to hear that, dude. So, David, I'm sure you could relate to one of the first times I'd, I'd been with, um, well, for one of the first times I'd been with like a crew from down south, uh, one of the, they, they kept telling me like, dude, you just got to drive, you just drive the car. <laughs> Don't worry about crew chief and the thing from inside <laughs> the car. <laughs> uh, because up here you know I, I worked with some really good guys and stuff but they they were they, they, but there was one that was eventually a good crew chief but they were just kind of grunts at the track and so I was you know hey we got to put around let's put around in the right rear spring gonna take some wedge out uh I, you kind of had to play that you had to play the driver and you got to play you had to play the crew chief and and kind of do the calls and 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 at some of the big races that's just how it was yeah uh, and so you had to understand that and when you go to the big times you they get offended when you when you start <laughs> telling them what, what they need to do uh and and i i i worked away from that i understood you know you, you, the technology is so so far advanced to what we can keep track of as driver uh I got over it. It just, you know, it took me a while. I kept having to remind myself early on that, you know, you're, you're a driver. Don't worry about, you know, spring rubbers here, spring rubbers there. Let the crew chief <laughs> fix the car. Uh, and then if, and then if, and, and then if they don't fix it, you can blame them. But uh, <laughs> that's kind of the story there. Um, well, Hey man, they got to earn their money too. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great, man. It's cool to hear that, you know, because, you know, a lot of them will tell you what they're going to do, and you'll give them your opinion, or they'll ask you, hey, I'm going to make this change, and, you know, what's your thoughts? Like, hey, man, that sounds good to me, you know. And if it don't work, you know, hey, what do you, what do you think, you know. But uh, it's cool yeah. 
that you know what the race car needs to make it do what you need it to do. You know what I mean? And not every driver, even great drivers today, you know, they, they can't tell their crew, they can tell them what the car is doing, you know, loose entry on, you know, free on entry, tight in the center, you know, my four bites, terrible, whatever it may be, but you know how to fix that. You know, I don't, there's lots, there's lots of them that know what it needs, but there's a lot of them that don't just because they just don't know. You know what I mean? They didn't start in bomber cars and, and work their way up and build cars and understand, you know, and, and really not any fault of their own. It's just everybody's got their own story. You know what I mean? So we, mm -hmm. you know, we had to fight our way and learn how the cars work and, and, and know what we needed. And, and, you know, but it, it's cool to hear a hardcore racer like yourself work you work your way all the way up to NASCAR, not just get there, but win there, man. You had a great story, dude. It's amazing. You should be yeah. I'm sure you're proud of your accomplishments and uh, you know, and your family is too, because uh, it was uh, that leads to the next great question, David, uh, that I was gonna just ask Austin here. Austin, uh, of what you've done in your racing career, what's what's the most you're proud of? What's your biggest accomplishment, you think? Uh that's a good question. I I, I think winning, you know, winning at Daytona, uh, even though the, the racing's not what we all grew up doing, super speedway racing, I just think at the at that sort of venue, um, something that you, you can look back on and say, you know, there's very few people that have, have won there uh, in, in any type of vehicle. So to, to, to be able to be there in victory lane with, with what well, the time I think that year was with Schrader um, and Donnie Richardson and, and that whole crew as, as hard as they were that whole year. Uh, I, I, I think that that was certainly a, a moment to remember. Uh, I, going back, David, to what you were talking about, <laughs> you remind, reminded me of, uh, of somebody making a similar comment. And I won't name the name of the driver, the driver either, but he's very, you know, he's a great driver uh, in the Cup Series. But he, 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 he don't know the difference between a sway bar and an axle uh, <laughs> if you if you showed it to him, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, but yeah. uh, <laughs> but it's just it's funny how it happens, man. But you know, it's just amazing. Sometimes you know, I. You know, you want to bounce stuff, you know, what, what you're doing, your setup, and just, you know, right rear springs. And just, you know, sometimes you, you, it, I'm, I'm kind of, at times I'm shocked, but not really shocked when I, you know, just your fellow competitors, some you're close to and some you're not real close to. But, you know, common thing you talk about, you know, how's your car and, you know, and this and that. And, you know, what, what helped mine, you know, what helped yours, that they'll share that information with you sometimes. And. Sometimes, man, they're just honest and man, I don't have a clue. I don't I just drive it, tell them what it's doing, you know. I, I wouldn't have a clue what, what what shocks we got, you know, how much wedge we get nothing, you know what I mean? It's like it's just I thought it was always amazing. But you know, it's uh it's cool, you know, your story's a great story. Uh, you know, I was racing in Las Vegas when you had that when you had that wreck and uh you know, that was a big story then, you know, and, uh, um, you know, and I, I don't even remember what year it was, uh, but, man, I think you might have even been leading the race. I was watching the race. You had a fast truck that, that day or night, and uh, uh, maybe you can share with us what year that was, because I don't remember what year it was, but, man, you were, you were on top of your 
you're on top of your game, you know, and I, and I, and, and I asked the question to you because I don't know that injury when you got hurt there, did that set, is that what sets you back uh, again? Uh, me, my, my ignorance, not knowing, but yeah. up until that wreck, dude, you were, you were the guy people talked about you. You were the, the, the up and coming. You were, you, you know, you were going to be a superstar on a cup side. It was just a matter of time. You know what I mean? And then, and, uh, uh, and then unfortunately that wreck, um, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm trying to remember. I think you hit it, the it was 20, It's coming, it was coming off turn four because it happened on the first yeah. straightaway, if I remember. I mean, I was watching the race, you know, and uh, man, you know, it, it was, uh, it was big news and it was big news time after that, you know, about your, mm-hmm. your recovery process. And then, you know, I'm just, it's, it's cool that you're here right now, but can you share with us uh, about that? when you got injured that that race yeah yeah Yeah, david thinking about it some every once in a while i think about it 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 could have been a lot worse uh with all the technologies and stuff that that it's been advanced to that's really the only reason i'm here that that sort of uh straight on impact there would have would have killed drivers back in the day for sure uh and even then i bent the steering wheel it hit so hard so um, it, it, between that year, if I'm not mistaken, David, uh, Kyle Busch hit the, hit the wall and broke a leg or something like that, I believe. Uh, and between those two uh, accidents, it, they, they may happen very, fairly close to each other or whatever. I think NASCAR said, okay, uh, we got to start putting safer barriers all around the racetrack because guys are hitting – walls you know that that we thought they were never going to hit you know it's like they didn't think that they they, they didn't necessarily think that that somebody was going to hit the wall you know down the straightaway at at vegas straight on like that but you can't predict anything in racing uh obviously obviously it's it's easy to say now um looking back maybe maybe that was like Maybe that was the sort of thing that that happens in in, in somebody's career that that's it's super hard to come back from. Um, th- th- there's not a lot of room for error in this in this race this whole racing business. You know you know how that is. You have a, if you have a good opportunity, um, it, it, even though they don't say an injury, you know, will set you back. It really will. Um, anytime, anytime it affects your, you know, your, your races that you have planned. I mean, we all know there's sponsorship that's involved in it. There's people that are behind the scenes. Uh, when you break that momentum there, that can take a while to come back from. Um, and, 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 and I would say that that's some, that's definitely somewhat occurred. Uh, but came back from that and, and won a won an ARCA championship. So I, I certainly can't complain. Um, um, though it is it, it, it's it's frustrating, but I'm happy for the drivers who you know sat in that in that truck uh, after that. I mean, you look at Austin Sindrick came in, uh, and then you know you look where he's now, and and um, Reddick's Reddick's you know winning races at the Cup level. Um, you know, both teammates of mine at different points in, in that year. So it's so great for them. Um, 
but certainly challenging. But but I but I will say it. <laughs> I wouldn't be the person I am today in a lot of good ways if it wasn't for those tough tough uh, tough days at the racetrack. Absolutely. So, but you look you look at those guys that you were beating. I mean, Reddick Reddick was your teammate, and you know, man, you know <laughs> how did you know I. He wasn't out driving you. I saw you beat him a lot. You know what I mean. And and uh, you know it's uh, it's amazing to see what these guys did in 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 your truck. I say your truck, Brad's truck, but you know, and uh, you know, and, and you know, it's just a tough business. You know what I mean. And you look at where they're at. You know, and and in my mind, and I know a lot of other people's mind, you should be right there with them. You know what I mean. Uh, Ability wise, talent wise, you got just as just the equal amount maybe a little bit more you know in my mind so uh uh i want to go back to what you were talking about if it wasn't for yourself and kyle bush y'all they should have named y'all's crashes your injuries really uh has made the sport a better sport uh, because of what you made the industry have to pay attention to and other people uh, that wreck like y'all wrecked now can get out of that race car uh, that, you know, might be shaken up a little bit, but the injuries aren't nowhere near how y'all were injured and they get to race again the following week. You know what I mean? And I think, I think it's because, and I know it is, uh, and you know what it is. It's because of what you guys had to go to through to get there. You know what I mean for NASCAR to fix. Obviously, there was an issue there. You know what I mean. So, mm -hmm. uh, so I thank you for that. But I, I hated it that you got hurt like you got hurt, and maybe some opportunities, uh, some opportunities. Maybe uh, I don't even know how you say that. Opportunities that you had might have gone away because of your injuries. You know what I mean, which is. Uh, which is terrible to me, you know what I mean? But, but again, you won on a win an ARCA championship and uh, that, that, that was amazing, you know? So yeah, tough deal. Now your injuries you, you sustain there in Vegas, uh, are you a hundred percent? I don't even know what your injuries were, but have you recovered a hundred percent from that also? Yeah, I mean, my back and neck, and and uh, for the most part, yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> I can tell you the scans. The scans don't look like a, <laughs> like a twenty, you know, a twenty-nine-year-old guy. But uh, hey, a lot of people have worse. And and you know, uh, look at somebody like Travis Mills, uh, uh, you know, veteran that I'm working with on this Oxford two fifty. We'll probably talk about that at some point. You know, he doesn't have any arms and legs, uh, and and he's still he's still going and inspiring people. So, I uh, it was tough. It was a tough lick, and and my body you know feels it. But I'm still fortunate to be able to walk and you know basically do everything else. So, well, That's at me. one point you mentioned Austin uh, was that you said you would not be the person you are today um, had that not happened. That how much you've grown and. Uh, from where you were at this that point, and now, uh, in case people don't know, we mentioned that uh, you're you're a state congressman now in your home state of uh, of Maine, and 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 doing the the politics side of thing, 
how much has your life changed since you stepped away from racing full time and and how much have you you grown how how different of a person are you now compared to what you were then uh well I tell you, I've been dealing with politics ever since I uh, got in a race car. David would know. <laughs> yeah. So, so not not a lot's changed. The only difference is it's an official capacity. <laughs> uh, hey, but, Austin, but you still a... you're still competitive, man. In politics, you want to win. You know what I mean? You're still yeah. you're still racing. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but on on a, on a more serious note. Uh, yeah, it, it it feels good. Um, to well, first of all, to come to come back and and be able to represent your home area, the area that you spent, well, majority of your life living as a kid and you know teenager and young adult, um, and to 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 know that our generation, you know, my my generation, probably your generation, uh, uh, a couple of you, a couple of you guys. Our generation, you know, the basically the eighteen to forty or thirty-five, we're gonna have to Dude. step up and start really getting uh, getting serious about where we, you know, get, get, getting serious about what's going on around us. I'm, I'm I'm trying to be careful what I say. I'm like a politician, <laughs> but we got We got to be very uh, pay attention to 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 our surroundings, you know, our towns and our cities where we live, um, because this is places that we're going to have to be dealing with here for 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 years to come and if we want to if we want to have you know young people being born and having hope for their future we've got to start be, being involved in, in politics and it's not always the most convenient thing to get involved in i mean we live in a time when uh it's a lot easier to not say nothing to, to not say anything about politics and to just stay quiet um and and, and a lot of people are 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 doing that because, and I don't blame them because it's, it's just, you open up a can of worms every time. Uh, but that's not how our country was formed and our country was started and our country depends on people. I think being involved in at all different levels. Um, and so to, I guess to play a small part of that is, is humbling and it's, it's, it's exciting, but extremely frustrating at times. Because uh, you know the gears of, of of government work very slowly. Uh, sometimes they grind, and sometimes they turn backwards. Uh, and sometimes there, you know, there are influences in in groups that you know that come in there and, and just gum up the gum up the gears so they, so they don't even turn at all. Uh, but that's just the reality of of I guess. W w the, the the cultures and, and and all that that we live in so uh maine's maine's only a small state it's about a, there's about 1.3 million people you know give or take some it's it, it's it's grown a little bit uh over the over the past 10 years but compared you know to a state like north carolina or california or new york or florida i mean our state is is a majority um you know unpopulated land now there's some big cities um, obviously there's some big cities and, and all that, but a lot of Maine is rural area. Um, you know, people are far, you know, farming, logging, um, construction, you know, that the sort of, the sort of blue collar, um, uh, hard work ethic and all that. And, and those people are, uh, I think are getting forgotten in our world today. So 
So I try to I try to advocate for them. Uh, try to advocate for you know common sense. Um, uh, common sense in politics, which is harder to come by. Um, there's still some, you know, there's still some common sense, but, but, uh, it's certainly not like it used to be. I remember watching politics growing up and it's, it's gotten a lot worse. And so, um, I, I think, I think I'll leave it at that, you know, we'll try not to get super political into, into certain issues and stuff, but I, uh, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. It's, it's, um, something I enjoy talking about, but, um, we'll see where the future, we're, we'll see where, where, uh, the future drags me to right now. I'm, I'm enjoying myself in the legislature in the, in the house, which is the, uh, one of the two, uh, chambers of, of the legislatures, the house and the Senate. Um, so there's, there, you know, we'll see what doors open and, and stuff and what, you know, what calls me to what, or what calls next in, in terms of, if there's any other, uh, you know, opportunities and whatnot so um it's been great so far well and you can tell david and tyler just hearing austin talk about it he's got his two passions he's got motorsports he's got politics and, and it's really refreshing to hear that and and, and i think this segue is great point of what you're going to be doing here in a couple of weeks a, a very very prestigious race that you're going to get to partake in with the oxford 250 so we're talking drivers that have won this race like butch lindley Personal, close to my heart, Jeff Bodine, Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, a lot of great drivers that have come through and won the and have won the Oxford 250. So tell us about this. Is the let's come together? You're getting to run it. And, you know, is there a chance maybe it gives you that itch to run some even more after this? It's uh, it came together fairly short notice. Uh, I've run that race probably uh, well a number of times I've, I've, I've run the race and come so close to winning uh, i think we got a second place finish a third place or a couple third place or fourth place finish and, and whatnot but just come come so close to taste it but but not you know not close enough to get the victory and uh in what we're in we're in august so yeah in in like may or so or april or may i was approached to, to run the race um and and decided to work with with a, a, a team out of Vermont, uh, Derek Ming, who's who's uh, a co-owner of the teams, used to actually be a Bush North, a uh, yeah, Bush North official. Um, What's well, you know, it's kind of a small world, but he's he's since retired from working for for NASCAR and does his own deal now. But um, Bar Harbor Bank and Trust, who's the presenting sponsor of for us, um, you know, jumped on board and. It was also at that time when we said, well, how can we make this more than just about banking and, and just even more about the, more than me, right? I know people wanted me to come back and run the race, but I, I, I certainly just didn't want to do it for me. Um, so what we did was I put the wagon or the, the, the sort of the train back on tracks um, with, with the Travis Mills Foundation. And right before COVID, uh, Travis and I had done a, a really big fundraiser uh, at Homestead Miami Speedway uh, for for the Cup race there, and and I've stayed in touch with Travis throughout that whole time. Travis is a quadruple amputee, like I said, and uh, he was blown up by a by a bomb in Afghanistan. Uh, so instead of just kind of letting his his life go, well, as he says, is sort of go to waste and and just getting into a depression and that he couldn't get out of. 
he uh, he started helping those similar with similar stories to him. You know, other folks, men and women who sacrificed, you know, physically and and emotionally uh, for the, for their country, and as well as the families. He he started a, a nonprofit foundation to to benefit them and help them get back on back on um, I say back on their feet, but back 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 in a way into society in a way that they feel like they can be a part of it again. So long story short, um, by running the race coming up here in, on the 27th, uh, we have the opportunity to raise up to 50,000, if not more, but up to 50,000, uh, an anonymous donor came on board, uh, once we announced this whole thing and they said, okay, we'll, we'll give you a hundred dollars a lap for every lap you compete. And then we'll give you another $25,000 if you finish in the top five. So if you do the math, that's that's a maximum, you know, match of, of 50,000. Uh, we're also doing a small, um, uh, we're also asking, you know, regular people who want to be involved in this whole thing to, to jump on board and, 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 and support the foundation. So we've also got a small uh, donation link set up for people that want to donate, you know, a little bit of money here and there. Uh, and that's live on on my Facebook page and well, basically across all my social media platforms. Um, and we've gotten a great response, you know, from different media who, who don't normally cover racing. Um, and they're just they want to tell the story. They want to tell Travis's story. Travis loves telling his story. He's a really funny guy to to uh, to be around. Um, I think certainly he's he's uh, he's not let these challenges in life get in the way of, of him living, living a life to the fullest potential that he possibly can. Uh, in addition to inspiring everybody around him. So it's humbling to be, you know, affiliated with them and, uh, to play a small part in their, you know, their operations and keeping them going. That's fantastic. I love it. Um, plenty more to come, uh, here with Austin Terrio as we continue here, on Let's Go Racing, uh, we'll have our Ask David segment coming up later. But first, our uh, news and notes with our latest headlines around the sport. Dominic, go ahead and take us away. We've got just a couple of headlines before we get to everyone's favorite segment, but certainly some more question marks surrounding Legacy Motor Club entering the, after the Watkins Glen entry this weekend. So Mike Rockenfeller will be filling in for a second straight week behind the wheel of the number 42 Chevrolet for the team. And as we talked on the show last week, certainly that connection with Jimmy Johnson, who owns the team, and them getting to participate in the Garage 56 together. But 12 races left in the season, Tyler. No announcement yet on who is replacing the now-departing Noah Gregson, who asked to be released from his contract over the last third of the year. So anybody's guess, and Tyler, certainly a lame duck situation, too, with the team swapping to Toyota in 2024. Got to figure they're going to probably put some different Chevrolet drivers or try to keep consistency. Maybe a Josh Berry who is filled in. Maybe we see Mike Rockenfeller back for the Charlotte Roval race. Who knows? Anyone's guess at this point, though, Tyler? Yeah, a uh, very bizarre situation uh, that comes from the Noah Gregson suspension. Austin, we'll start with you. Uh, What's your thoughts on just everything that's transpired with that uh, 42 team here the last couple of weeks? It's a, uh, it's a very difficult situation, guys. Um, I've, you know, I've known Noah um, just from encounters at the racetrack and uh, off the racetrack. And he's, you know, he's seems like he's always conducted himself, you know, with a level of integrity. Um, I think, 
where, where I go with this is a story I tell to uh, to some of the young other young drivers that that I mentor right now. Uh, you know, either from driver development standpoint or some of the other um, you know business sort of consulting that I do with with these drivers is remind them that you know your actions uh, your actions online um, are are going to follow you wherever you go. And uh, and I think we we see an example of uh, sort of an impulsive decision that was made, um, basically, at least temporarily de derail um, a career that was promising. So, judging from judging from uh, you know the Larson story, uh, I, I certainly think that there's a way back. I think I think Larson's kind of showed uh, a, a very clean, well, I say clean. It certainly <laughs> for him it wasn't it wasn't easy, but uh, a clean potential path back to, to NASCAR and and what that looks like. Um, but you know, I, I I think this rather than speculating further, I think I think all I'll say is, and I'm sure Noah is, you know, taking some time to reflect on uh, what's occurred and what's gone on and. Um, I, I believe he's made a public statement about it, just saying that, you know, he feels really bad about what, what, what happened and um, that it doesn't reflect, you know, his, his uh, character and, and, and what he truly feels. So it's an unfortunate situation um, of, I think, the world we live in right now. Uh, um, and, and I hope that, I hope that everybody, you know, gets some closure out of it and, and at some point in the future can, you know, move forward and, um, better things can come potentially, and uh, let's let's just you know, in my opinion, it's like I think everybody's everybody should let the dust settle uh, and see where things shake out. Um, and I'm but I'm sure you know, hopefully Noah will land on his feet somewhere. David, uh, that 42 team, this is an awkward situation for them. Their driver's gone, um, and it's not like that they are putting these drivers in to try to fix the program of some sorts because. They're about to move to Toyota next year. So we already know the driver is going to be John Hunter Nemechek. He can't be in a Chevrolet car right now while they make this switch. Um, just kind of, I, I think, that, to use a political term that uh, Austin's familiar with, lame duck session right now for that uh, 42 car right now. This is, uh, th there's there's no win for this team right now. It's it's probably going to get worse before it gets better uh, for, for that team the rest of the year. Yeah, unfortunate. It just, you know, it's it's um, it's an unfortunate situation because, you know, we've been part of the sport for many years, and when you're you're exiting out of a manufacturer and entering into another manufacturer, a competitor, you know, so the support uh, that they're given uh, Legacy Motorsports right now is probably zero. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, they uh, obviously the the you know, losing their driver, uh, you know, it's, there's, there's no win. Um, I'm sure as an organization inside their organization, they're trying to, I'm sure there's some, uh, there's a plan in place to, uh, to learn, educate uh, for the future, uh, you know, uh, but, you know, and again, I, I kind of agree with you, Tyler, it's probably going to get worse before it gets better because, you know, obviously they're going to switch over to Toyota in the winter time, and uh, so 
Yeah, it's it's a challenging uh, challenging situation for that organization. Uh, it even affects you know. Uh, you just look at Eric Jones. You know he's very talented. Won Darlington last year. Uh, you know, you hardly, it just, they're just right now, they're not very competitive, which is kind of shocking, you know. Uh, they, they had a lot of momentum coming into the season this year. Uh, Eric won the Darlington race right there towards the end of the season. And, uh, man, they were strong. Noah Braxton is a great shoe, great driver. Uh, you know, I don't really think, I, I really think he's got lots and lots of talent. And, you know, there was, a little bit of glimpse here and there, but not much throughout the season to this point where the 42 car really shined. It was nothing there. And, and, you know, you can't sit back and, you know, I just think the organization where they're at, man, they're way behind. And I don't think it, I don't, like you said, Tyler, it's going to get worse before it gets better and, and the manufacturing change. So yeah, they're kind of a sitting duck right now, you know, but within the organization, I'm sure there's, uh, plans in place to learn what they can learn with this new next gen car and apply it for next season, you know. But, uh, but got you know, we who would ever thought we'd have saw this coming, you know what I mean? But a right. unique six of a new unique situation for sure, right? And, and Dominic, uh, we say all this, um, Eric Jones is a very good plate racer. I mean, with everything that's transpired, um, even though that team hasn't been running well. There's still an outside chance we could see <laughs> Eric Jones in that other car win at uh, Daytona or something, get that team into, into the playoff. Wouldn't that be a, a turn of events? No, certainly. I think you can't rule anything out at this point. And, and I think the other thing to mention, too, Tyler, Eric Jones is a very undervalued but very good road course racer. In his five starts at Watkins Glen, he's placed inside the top ten four times, and I believe – that was one of his top 10 finishes last year was at Watkins Glen with Legacy Motor Club. Who's not to say you could see Jones run well this week and next week be a threat to win at least at one of these events. Yeah, it'll be something to watch for for sure. Dominic, uh, this week at the Glen, the, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe the oldest road course on the uh, NASCAR circuit. Oldest uh, NASCAR Yes, absolutely. Yes. We've seen some amazing races at this track over the years. And... Sunday should be no exception. Absolutely. And it has a cool history where it was one of those things where it was on the schedule, off the schedule. It originally was on the Cup Series schedule in 1957, and that was a one-off. Buck Baker won the first race, and then it was on the schedule for two years in 64 and 65. Billy Wade, Marvin Pants drivers had won there. And then, Tyler, you had to wait another 21 years for it to come back on the schedule. And it has been a staple on the schedule since 1986, with the exception of 2020 and the pandemic year. But you had some really good names win at Watkins Glen Raceway. International, rather. Tim Rush, Rusty Wallace, Jeff Bodine, Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart, Kevin Harvick, just to name a few of the drivers. And this weekend will be the 40th race at Watkins Glen International for the Cup Series. And some of your odds-on favorites. As you look ahead at the goal bowling at the Glen this weekend, Mark Truex Jr., a winner at plenty of road course races. He's sitting at seven or six and a half to one. Last year's winner, Kyle Larson, is sitting at five to one, and everybody's favorite. And the driver on the outside looking in, who has won at Watkins Glen in the past and needs a win to get in the playoffs, Chase Elliott at three and a half to one. Tyler, you got to like those odds for Chase. Yeah, certainly so. Um, David, let's start with you on this one here. Watkins Glen, great track, great track for Chase Elliott here. 
almost got it done last week. Um, this, to me, I, I think you you look at it. They figured. I think they finally figured out some things last week. That that nine teams got some momentum heading into this week. Yeah, they do. And uh, you know, to me, he's the odds-on favorite. You know, and and the intensity for him to make what well, there's two races left before the the for the uh, playoff playoff start and. Uh, you know, uh, there's two. He's got two good races coming up, but I, I think the best one is this week in Watkins Glen. Uh, you know, obviously finished in second, has a lot of momentum. Uh, you know, it's going to be an exciting race, that's for sure. And and you know, there's others. You know, I don't know that we're, who's there's a cutoff line. There's some others back there, but you know, again, Michael McDowell's got so much momentum coming off that great win. Uh, he'll be a force to be to reckon be reckoned with, and Denny Hamlin, uh, Martin Truex Jr., Kyle Larson, you know, uh, maybe AJ Allmendinger. You know, uh, it's going to be a great race. But uh, but uh, you know, right now, you know, the one that Chase Elliott needs to win bad. You know what I mean? So uh, I think he's yeah. odds on favorite right now, as far as I'm concerned. And Austin, uh, some good road course racers on the outside looking in right now. We mentioned Chase, but. A.J. Allmendinger there, Austin Sendrick there, Ty Gibbs uh, on, on the outside now, uh, Daniel Suarez, who ran really good this past week. I mean, there's a, a number of guys that are on the outside that, Austin, I don't think any of us would be surprised if they found a way to get victory lane and clinch the playoff spot here. No, I know there's a lot of head scratching going on and a lot of, uh, you know, uh, chalkboards, uh, Trying to study, you know what 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 can we do? What else can we do on the car to to maximize our chance to win? Um, and then same thing with drivers. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure all of them are are, are just watching and rewatching film from last year, uh, trying to try, trying to figure out, you know, either well either film or now they have a, a data they can look at. We, we uh, SMT I think is what it's called, but uh, they can look at data and you know lap traces and, and, and throttle and brake and steering. That's what these guys are doing right now. I'm sure hundred percent sure of it. Uh, well, especially if, if they're serious about, you know, doing this last chance ditch effort, uh, especially if they feel like, like the road course is their best chance at making the, making the playoffs. You know, I know Cindric uh, certainly does. He, he's, you know, that's where he comes from. Uh, he's got a lot of road course experience, but you, you know, you, you name some, some other good drivers. So uh, I'll, Certainly be watching um, from the couch. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, Dom, I've been picking Chase Elliott every week till he wins. I do think this is the time he breaks through. I think I said that last week, though. But with that said, I got to tell you, don't sleep on Daniel Suarez. Trackout's been fast all year. His pit crew kind of let him down in one of those pit stops. Uh, there in that, that race in Indianapolis, which was unfortunate considering how good track has been all year uh, on pit road. But as much as we've talked about Chase Elliott, based on how last week went, we probably should talk about Daniel Suarez uh, to an extent too. I mean, he's he's got to be a threat this week as well. Certainly. He's one of the 14 drivers entered this week and has won on a road course in the Cup Series. He won that race out at Sonoma last year. And even his rookie year, qualified on the front row at Watkins Glen in 17 in that Joe Gibbs car. I think he won a stage two, Tyler. So you know that Daniel Suarez can get it done. But I, I'm with you, Tyler. We're picking favorites for this weekend. I'm going with the odds on favorite. Chase Elliott gets it done. And I know we said that last week, but 
that just has a different ring to it. He's actually won here at Watkins Glen a couple of times. Chase Elliott gets it done on Sunday. Uh, David, are we going three for three again? Are we going Chase Elliott here? I'm, I think I'm going to go with Chase Elliott, you know what I mean? But, <laughs> you know, the the guy that's really, you know, Michael McDowell, he was so dominant this past weekend, and uh, the momentum that that organization and he has – I wouldn't be surprised to see him win again. You know what I mean? But uh, but you know, you know, Chase needs to win to get get into playoffs, and uh, it'll be exciting. But I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this. I'm gonna go with you. What you guys the pick? You guys go with. I think Chase Elliott gets it done. Austin, uh, give us your pick. Do you want to go four for four and Chase, or you got another guy you, you think gets it done? Well, if I'm a, if I'm a politician predicting. You know, which side wins? I, I, I guess I got to go with with Chase, so that you know more people <laughs> like me after this. Decision. Uh, but I, I'm I'm just thinking about um, I'm thinking about who else? Maybe 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 Daniel. Um, that would be that would be my dark horse. Okay, I like that. That's mm-hmm. uh that's a good pick there. So. There's our uh, news and notes for this week. Uh, Time now for our Ask David segment, our final segment, where you can submit questions to us and our guests each and every week. Facebook.com slash Star Podcast, Twitter at Star Podcast, and by email, davidstarpodcast at gmail.com. Our first question in the inbox this week is uh, for Austin. comes from Kendall, and Kendall wants to know, Austin, are you surprised at all? by Brad Kozlowski's early success already as an owner in the Cup Series, having raced for him in the Truck Series? No, I'm not. I'm not surprised. Um, I, I think I think Brad's got a, a business sense that most people probably on the outside don't uh, don't don't know much or don't know much about. He uh, I mean, he's got he's got other enterprises beyond racing that I, you know he's got a, um, um, a CNC company, but but even beyond that, I think Brad knows how to surround himself with with good people. Uh, my gut tells me that that Brad himself, you know, is not down there like telling them what springs to put in the car and and you know what exactly they need to do and that and he's not telling them the reason they're winning the races. Uh, the re- the reason I think they're 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 winning and they're more successful is because of the people he's tr- he's identified. I think I think maybe what he's done is he's identified some gaps in the in uh, in some of the areas that they were struggling and and figured out who he had to put in those places to get them back on track. Uh, I know I know at least one you know one uh, person that worked with us at Keslowski's. When he well, with the at the truck team uh, at a very high level, that's now working over there with Brad, and I think part of a part of part of what he's doing is is um, is exactly what I said. I think he's I think he's managing uh, personnel and, and and trying to align them uh, and and maybe bringing in other folks, you know, because it's all about it's it's all about trying to get new information in. You know, information from the outside, right? Other teams, other people, uh, what, what what's working for other uh, for other organizations, but also trying to implement it in a way that's that's going to be uh, able to able to work for for the you know the Roush uh, the Roush organization 
uh, from the past because you, you you know you, you can't just start from scratch. Um, that doesn't work either. <laughs> so I think they they they've kind of found a balance right now, and and I'm sure I'm sure there'll be some further hiccups. I mean, any organization has good days and bad days, and they may you know they might they might have figured something else out, and another rule change comes up, and now it's back to the drawing board. But for now, um, what I will say is it's it's good to see another organization uh, vying for wins. You know, I don't think anybody likes to see. Uh, a, a cup series where you you know just to get a couple couple of uh, uh, organizations winning every week. Uh, I remember you know growing up, my I remember growing up and watching uh, Roush Racing you know competing for wins every single week, and and uh, it's good to see them kind of signaling that that those days might be coming again. Definitely so. And David to to Austin's point there. Uh, of Brad putting his stamp on this team. Um, you know, Jack Roush, obviously, is the foundation of that organization and, uh, you know, Fenway Sports Group and everybody that's involved there. But we're not seeing Jack at the track much anymore, at least not nearly as much as we used to. And you're seeing Brad as the representative and and, and all the photos and everything are showing Brad in the race shop like – this feels like this is this is Brad's team now. That this is uh, that this this is his operation. That he's he's the face of this thing. Kind of like the the torch has been passed over of sorts. Oh no doubt no doubt about it. You know Jack Rouse uh, Rouse racing for all the years and seeing all the championships and wins with the you know with Biffle and Mark Martin and so on. I mean you know Jack's you know Jack the championships and the organization. What he built is just, you know, it's Hall of Fame organization, you know. But over the years, <clears throat> over the years, I think when Jacks had his airplane crashes, I think there's two of them, the injuries he sustained. And, you know, you got you got to look at, you know, I don't know how old Jack is, but when I see him in the garage and at the track now, you know, his physical condition, he don't get around as – as good as he once did. I think the torch has been passed a long time ago, you know, and they needed somebody uh, like Brad Keselowski to come in and to kind of take that torch and run with it. And what Austin was saying was, man, with this next gen race cars, you know, you look at what, you know, what, what the organization has done over the last couple of years you know, and it's in the areas the get you know where there's a big gap. You know, and Brad's you know like and like Austin said, Brad's down down there telling them how to fix it, what springs and shocks and sway bars, and you know, but he's he uh, you know his business skills. He's gone out and understanding you know the areas that needed attention and brought in the right people that could close that gap in that areas with the you know and. I just think his his business sense and his organization organ uh, organization organ, oh, I can't say that word organization yeah skills have really brought that team together and you know you look at Brad Keselowski and um, uh, his other driver I went blank on him uh, from Texas yeah Boucher I mean those guys are incredible great shoes uh, Boucher's just done a tremendous job Brad. You know, if everything's right, I mean, Brad's, he's, 
any any weekend he's going to win him another race. I mean, you look at him, he led at Indianapolis. He was right there in the mix. He had a fast car again, week in and week out. You know, the the Brad, the Rouse cars have a lot, lots of speed. And uh, so all those gaps that Austin was talking about, I think they've been, they're closed. You know what I mean? They're right there. But I just look at Brad. He, he is the face of that organization. He is that organization now. And, you know, Jack Rouse is still involved, but Jack is not making the decisions. You know, it's, it's all Brad, you know what I mean? And Brad knew, Brad knew what, when he came in there as an owner, I mean, he raced against those cars. He's talked to the drivers that driven those cars. Um, you know, now we got a next gen car. So you kind of had a, a, a clean start, but he needed, he knew coming in as an owner where those, where those big gaps were, you know, and then, right. you know, he went to work to bring in the right, engineering technology the right specialist that could close those gaps and man we've been watching those gaps get close and you've seen them cars over uh, up until today i mean we, we've been watching how fast they are and how better they've gotten since daytona it's amazing you know what i mean yeah and they might be the best Ford team right now uh no doubt about it but the torch has been passed big time a long time ago he is he is and the reason why that organization is back to being where they're yeah. at, you know, championship contenders, you know. Dominic, the next step for Brad and that team has got to be getting Brad to victory lane. And I feel like with as fast as they've been, and we know he's a champion, if he gets back to victory lane, then that might be the first of many wins to come for Brad in that six car. You can think about like the floodgates opening when that actually does happen. And, and I don't know if you feel the same way, David, I know, you followed the sport very closely in the 1990s. I, I, I've often felt that this move that Brad Keselowski made, going from a race-winning organization to taking that venture on and taking that risk to be a, a team owner, reminds me a lot of Bill Elliott's move in the 90, 1990s, leaving Bud Moore, or I'm sorry, Junior Johnson and Associates and starting his own team. Bill Elliott went six years as a team owner and didn't win a race, but came so close so many times. But, Tyler, I don't think that's going to be the case this time. Certainly, it's year two, but... Once no, it's went, it's gonna it's not go. what Tony Stewart did at Stewart Haas, but it's not Bill Elliott level either. It's yes. uh, they are an emerging team, though. Absolutely, uh, sure. One of the things I, I think that it's important to understand, and Austin might know a little bit more about this, but the Fenway group, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm talking, uh, you're really in an area where I'm not familiar with, but the Fenway group, and I don't even know if that's what you call that. Yeah, yeah, Fenway Sports Group, John Henry, yeah. Okay, but, you know, you look at all the different organizations that are winning races that are championship calipers, you know, and, you know, Richard Childress racing, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a group, a money group, uh, you know, it seems like all the big cup teams now have really – a group or an individual that's really strong business-wise that brings the the funding uh, resources to the team so they can operate, uh, you know, with they can get what they need, bring the right people in. And I think Brad was having the Fenway group behind what Brad's vision is and having that funding and that, that strong of a group behind that organization. I mean, it's – you know, all the ingredients is there to see 
for for Brad to bring back Roush Racing to what it once was. It's been it that hasn't been there in a long time. It's it's right. it's right there. It's almost well, there. What, David, what's your thoughts on that, Austin? Yeah, Austin. I mean, I, on that, I mean, they're Fenway Sports Group. You know, they're right in your neighborhood there in in New England. Um, that that sports group with with their resources and their connections that gives an opportunity for that RFK organization to kind of leverage sponsorship and some different business deals of sorts, right? Yeah, I, I believe there was a void. Uh, I remember when, when Fenway Group came in and, and sort of bought in, uh, it, it's almost like there was a missing ingredient. Um, and it was like, it was almost like a, Plus performance. Anytime performance is struggling, you're not gonna you're not gonna max out your sponsorship. It's gonna be a struggle. Uh, but getting Brad in there, I think, is reinvigorated reinvigorated um, the opportunity to go out to market and talk to companies and talk to these um, you know business groups who want to look at NASCAR as a marketing opportunity. Brad's young, and that helps as well. Uh, Fen I mean, Fenway Sports Group is one of the one of the most successful um, sports groups, uh, you know, in the country, uh, you know, with the relationship, obviously, with with the Red Sox and and uh, you know, John Henry. There's there's more than just that, but the they they have some really smart people that work there, um, and I, I know that they can sell NASCAR, um, but nowadays we know that it's not just about selling NASCAR. You got to sell something else. You got to sell a story. You got to sell um, something that's that pulls at the heartstrings, and and something that will actually, you know, cause somebody to 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 take action, whether it's buying a product or buy, or you know purchasing a service. And that's not just NASCAR, the idea of NASCAR. And so having having Brad and in, in in sort of a driver mindset, bringing that in, bringing that into Roush, um, created a level of excitement that I think is going to help multiply the win because winning's great but now now i think they can go back to the market and say look guys this this is this is our future this is the vision we have for the future you know brad's leading at the helm he's a driver um eventually brad's going to step aside i know and i'm sure he's going to be you know kind of more hands-on with the team uh kind of like gordon you know with with hendrick and stuff uh, a little different but in in the same aspect where i think um I think that they're also going to be able to utilize him for years to come because he is a cup champion. And so they can still sell that when he gets done driving. So I know that, that, that I'm sure Fenway sports was involved in this whole transaction uh, way before it was announced. And um, I, I'm sure that they were behind it or else it wouldn't have happened. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, another question in the inbox uh, coming in from more Pat on Facebook. Uh, more Pat writes uh, to Austin. Austin, can we see you back driving in a truck, Xfinity, or cup car sometime soon? Well, um, maybe maybe I'll come back and run um, whenever I can put plaster the the logo Ontario for president on on the side. <laughs> maybe I'll come back for that, uh, or, or or maybe star. We could do star for for president. What do you think, David? <laughs> uh, I'll come. I'll. I, I, I would consider coming back for for those two things, uh, but I'll I won't rule out you know making a a start here and there. But I 
I, I, I really want to see uh, this next chapter of my life kind of dedicated to the this whole idea of, of you know public service and and being involved and you know at the at the government level and and you know serving people. Um, I think I think I think that's what you're going to see me primarily doing. Uh, but I'll come back and, and do racing every now and then, you know, if it's either for a good cause or if it's, you know, a race that I really, really want to win, um, or, or it feels special to me and I feel called to do it in some way, I'll do it, but I'm not just going to go come back to, to race for the heck of it. Well, Austin, you're uh man, is that the Oxford 250? Is that what they call it? Yeah. Very, very prestigious, been around forever. Uh, man, it's cool to hear you talk about Travis and, you know, that race is a, is a very prestigious late model short track race in the country. But, man, that race, I mean, you're, you're, you're changing lives running that race, really, with the, the, with the foundation and getting people to donate. I mean, when you can raise 50 grand or plus or, you know, give plus or not minus that number, I mean, you're changing people's lives, you know what I mean? And uh, not only uh, – you know, it's possible that you could win that race. You've been close so many times, but man, the, the, you know, I don't know if I ever knew somebody racing with such, uh, so much meaning behind it. I mean, you're going to, you're, you running that race is going to change people's lives in the future. It's amazing with the money y'all are, y'all are, uh, raising through Travis's foundation. It's, it's really cool, man. Pretty, pretty neat deal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think the math comes out to being able to put maybe in, uh, uh, six or eight families or, uh, well, veterans and their families through the program. Uh, and it's it's expensive to run that whole operation. I was talking to Travis in the group the other day, the other week, and it cost them, I think it's like 50000 for just a week yeah, of that. Man. Of what they running do. that race yeah. is life changing for you know for people yeah. for families you know that's pretty cool dude amazing um, you know? yeah Dominic I know you're you're the t-shirt printer among all of us here let's when when are we going to start printing the uh, the Terrio Star 2024 shirts <laughs> well, that, that's one of those things too or you could even go so many ways in that campaign the the race winning move the the winning move for America a vote for a star and Terrio's a vote for America there's so many ways we can go about this Tyler I like the way it's <laughs> sounding already hey Austin we're in, us Texans stand behind you brother you know where I stand <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey Dom, Dom I'm gonna I'm gonna have to hire you because it sounds like you can come up with some pretty cool t-shirt uh uh sayings huh Hey, that sounds good, man. Yeah. And you're also the you're the you're the historian of the of the show, from what I can tell. <laughs> Absolutely, it. it's very accurate. Yes, hey, that that means a lot. That means a lot coming from you. And yeah, you know, we'll we'll get together after the show and talk more about that. Yeah, D Dominic's the 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 t-shirt guy, the history buff. Um, he uh, he does it all, and uh, he he certainly can can help you out. Uh, Austin, before we wrap up tonight's show. Tell us uh, where people can interact with you and get involved with what you do. Keep up with uh, what you got going on, man. Well, most importantly, what I'll do is I'll give everybody the link to the uh, website, and and you can learn more about Travis and the partnership with Travis. And there's even a little link there that people can click on and and donate if they want to. Uh, it's austinterio.com slash Oxford250. Um, if, you, if you can't spell my last name then i'm sorry but 
I guess you could Google it, uh, or, may, or may, maybe you guys can link to the link to the the, the no, donation page. But yeah, yeah. Uh, it, you know, if if not, and you just want to pay attention to what we got going on, you know, coming up, uh, I'm on Facebook and I'm on you know Twitter, Instagram. You can find me if you if you search my name. I'm I'm on all those platforms. Uh, and we we'll be putting out some more content. I I spent some time with Travis last week and we we you know recorded a bunch of content and stuff so we'll be uh, putting that out there in the days coming up to the race just to try to drive more more people to uh get to want to get involved i love it that sounds great awesome. david uh what's going on with you the next few days man just uh, uh working you know trying to catch up at the racing school uh um uh, getting ready uh for another school here in a couple of weeks uh you know working uh Getting ready for our Darlington race in Daytona coming up. Uh, just uh, just busy with – got a couple meetings tomorrow. Uh, just busy with all this racing stuff, you know. So, normal week for me. Uh, um, um, so, yeah, just, uh, you know, everyday business, you know, working on race cars and getting cars ready for our next uh, event at Texas Motor Speedway and getting ready for our next NASCAR race. So, yeah. Love it. Dominic, what about you, man? I'll be at home this weekend, spending time with my wife, Elise, and son, Christopher, and filling in at the NBC affiliate in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So that should be a lot of fun. And, and I got to ask you, Tyler, I know summer's starting to wind down. I imagine the, the summer of Jones is winding down. Where's it going this weekend? Uh, staying here this week. Uh, one of my buddies, a uh, friend of the show, Thomas Bridges, who you hear on the Jones Sport, he's coming down this weekend and uh, going to show him a good time in Dallas, uh, you know, giving the whole Dallas treatment. So, well, uh, so Do Dominic was. I thought that Summer of Jones tour was canceled. I, I did oh, too. Yeah. Definitely not. No, it's we, we got a <laughs> strong month ahead still before that. So. Uh, Austin, thanks for jo joining us, being here with us, man. Uh, always a pleasure. You're welcome back anytime, and uh, we look forward to uh, talking to you here in the near the uh, very near future, here, man. Well, yeah, it's good to be good to be with you all. <laughs> All uh, guys, and I enjoyed uh, catching up. Yes, yeah. definitely so. He uh, is uh, Austin Terrio. I'm Tyler Jones, David Starr, Dominic Aragon. We'll put the checkered flag out in this episode. As always, subscribe to Let's Go Racing. New episodes out each and every week, wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Leave us uh, a like. Uh, also, uh, make sure to subscribe as well. And uh, hit us up on social media, facebook.com slash starpodcast, twitter at starpodcast, and by email at davidstarpodcast at gmail.com. We will see you all next week. Thanks for joining us here on Let's Go Racing.